following podcast contains material which may not be suitable for all listeners. Full content warnings are in the show notes. Previously on Meddling with Monsters. There's two simple things you gotta know about Jim Henderson. He cared about two things in life. He cared about his hair and his boat. <laughs> and he went out there and uh, didn't come back. So much of the things that you assume to be victims of this creature have been kind of only half eaten. Yeah, I've been thinking about that. Sort of weirdly suggests that this thing is not operating, strictly speaking, on kind of natural predatory instincts. So y'all, y'all aren't with the with the folks from that uh, that green corporation or whatever they're called, you know, doing the construction. This girl sort of looks over y'all like, so yeah, locals, right? Um, so what have y'all figured out? I'm sorry. sorry. Mm? Arches an eyebrow. I I don't want to interfere. I guess y'all aren't interested in like I don't know a map. That would tell you exactly where it is. And you see washing up against the door of the docks is tons and tons of chunks and pieces of different bodies. The most alarming thing that you notice are several human corpses, one of whom does float up and you realize, despite his very gross state, he does have some very nice hair. Jim, no! Jim Henderson truly did have nice hair and an equally nice boat. Sadly, both have now seen much, much better days. The boat is strewn about the water surface, its shredded corpse all but indistinguishable from the other maritime debris it is scattered alongside. And while the hair has held up a bit better, the face and body it is attached to are now but a bloated and bleached caricature of the man once named Sminfage's most eligible bachelor. Ashton, your heart drops to see this man, this beautiful bastard, as you once put it, reduced to this state. As you gaze around, you see more bodies like his, mangled and half-digested forms floating up to the dock's edge. What do you do? Begin sobbing uncontrollably. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Ashton will, like, cock his head a little bit, and then he'll scratch the back of his head, really confused, and then I'll go, uh, sorry then. Ah. Uh, what do you suppose we go mosey ourselves on down there and figure out what in the what in God's name's going on? Yeah, I mean, um, I guess that's probably a good idea. Uh, we don't want to waste forever. I mean, this just kind of confirms. I assume we figured all these people were dead. I don't know. Were any of y'all holding out hope or anything? Is this a? Do we need a moment? <laughs> It seems the only one who needs a moment is Ashton. Or Ashton. It's Bill. Bill. It's Bill. The only one who needs a moment is Bill. Tempest considers pouting them on the shoulder, but decides against it. I'm fine. 
Yeah, we've already established physical contact is not the way to go. Yeah, yeah exactly. That that was their thought process. <laughs> Cassandra just wrinkles their nose and they're just like, oh no. Oh, he sucks and they're in the water. Worst kind of decomposition. <laughs> Cassandra, I'll give you this as kind of a freebie since you have the site. This is not particularly novel information, but it's probably at least good to confirm. These are the same presences you felt an hour or two ago out on the water. Yeah, these are the same people I saw in the water. Should I go and retrieve the bodies? I don't think we need the bodies. Shall I go and retrieve Jim? If you could go get a lock of Jim's hair, I might actually need that later. (laughs) Dane will go out and grab a lock of Jim's hair, whichever one is the one that is uh, obviously the most eligible bachelor in... um, Smithage. There is one corpse that does still just have. You're like, damn, that that hair is definitely not looking so great. It's kind of wet, but I I can see there's there's some real nice hair potential there at least. Dane will just go down and grab a, like a like a fistful of hair and uh, pull it. Just yanks. Just, just yank. Just rip off their scalp. Oh, no. Cassandra <laughs> just looks to Bill. It's like, did you have like a crush on him or something? No. He was just, he was Sminthage's most eligible bachelor. I don't think Tempest has ever seen this number of bodies, especially not in this state of... Sure. It's it's real gross, so I think they're a little pale and they're just going to, like, sit on the nearest... You know those things on docks, like those big, almost pillars? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're going to, like, sit on one of those and, like, stare into space for a second. Cassandra looks up and it's like, sit with your head between your knees so you don't throw up. They will do that. <laughs> they're not that nauseous, but they're not going to take chances. <laughs> Yeah, very fair, very fair. Other than retrieving a lock of the hair, which I will just kind of let you do, are you guys attempting to get any new knowledge from these bodies? Are you just acknowledging that they're there? Dane is curious and kind of wants to find out exactly how they died. What What was the thing that killed them first? You know, did did they drown? Were they, like, mm. did they die from, like, blood loss or being eaten, trauma, that kind of stuff? Yeah, or was yeah, it something yeah, yeah, else? Yeah. So basically... Find out the method of death. That is definitely an investigative mystery role, so I think go ahead and, and make that one. Okay. I think you're probably doing that as you take the hair sample Yeah. over the edge. All right. Everyone was rolling really well last session, so I, I was expecting something horrendous. Never mind. That is a 13. Nice. Oh, that's, that's quite good. That okay, you really get to good. ask nice. uh, two questions. What can it do uh, is the first one I want to ask. You look at the bodies... And at first they do just sort of look like half kind of digested. But then as you look closer, hard to describe. And I think if you hadn't had so much experience with the weird and the, the strange, you might not even notice it. You don't have as fine-tuned a sense to this, obviously, as Cassandra does. Something is just sort of gone from the eyes. Like they just look like the color is slightly gone and not in a decomposed way and something just beyond like a physical process. The eyes themselves almost look kind of dulled and, and bleached out. Okay. Interesting. And Dane. 
tucks that mental note in their head. And then I get to ask one more, right? You do get to ask one more, yeah. Um, I guess I it's a, it's a bit of a stretch, but I don't know if there's a way that I can see if I can find out what can hurt it. Whatever the monster is, it's not consuming these things, but based off of what you've heard from Cassandra, like the whole whirlpool thing, the suction feeding, it does seem to bring them into itself at some point. Okay. And so, and I imagine at some point you've probably had to fight something large and we've probably had the Dane scene where he's like gone inside the mouth or yeah. whatever, got eaten yeah. and popped out. So, you know, like, okay, if I want to get inside maybe where it's vulnerable, I could willingly get eaten by it. Sure. Now, what to do once you're in there or how to avoid Precisely. dying yeah. before you get in there yeah. is, is still up there. But that is certainly a way in. Yeah. Okay. Is it eating their bloody souls or something? Maybe. Maybe. But what Dane does know right now is that when Dane went to go view the past and everything, they were attracted by that light. So Dane already is thinking, you know, maybe it's a visual thing. And then obviously this. So Dane has some ideas. Um, but they'll take the lock of hair after looking at the bodies and come back um, to the rest of the group. Do you relay kind of what you figured out to the rest of the team just Briefly. Yeah, just go over confirming the suction feeding thing that we were talking about. And then that them being dismembered isn't what killed them. Uh, something basically drained them uh, before. And it's and it's not on a physical level. It um, probably, you know, pseudo spiritual mm-hmm. soul like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I was like, OK, that's. Makes things slightly more complicated, but that uh, was already shitty to begin with. So are we, I, I kind of want to go ahead then and get this map. So I'm, I'm going to go do that. Uh, you two, and I think she first points to Cassandra and then kind of hesitantly points over Tempest, who still has their head between their legs. <laughs> you two are coming with, right? Yeah. yeah. Sounds great. Deep breaths. <laughs> Deep breaths, Tempest. I think they're starting to, like, get a little less pale and, like, pull themselves up at this point. They still don't look great, but they're beginning to look less like they're actively about to keel over. They're, like, avoiding looking at it. I think, mm, I think that they would got uh, the being smart and not looking at the thing that's going to make you ill versus Tempest who is both smart and very stupid and really wants to know what's going on and staring directly at it. Yeah. Dane wants to go over to Tempest and crouch next to them and get real close. Is this your first time seeing death? At this scale, yeah. Dane takes a deep breath. It does not get easier. It's not as reassuring as you think it is. I am not here to comfort you. I am here to give you the truth. After all, that is what you were looking for, is it not? They sort of give a little shrug and go, I mean, you're not wrong. All right, so if if we're done uh, pontificating on the nature of death and how it doesn't get easier and all that, uh, I parked a little ways out uh, if y'all want to just hop in and we can head over. So you two are going to, like, go gear up or have your little bromance moment, right? Is that you asking in character? (laughs) (laughs) That is absolutely her asking in character. Uh, 
Well, I mean, uh... Listen, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna... He's gonna come with. We're just gonna go grab gear because, you know, I left all my stuff at home. Uh... Don't be weird. Stop it. <laughs> Sorry. Um, sure. Just go go do whatever you gotta do. Yeah. Um, where are we meeting up after this? Uh, do you know the nearby Danny's? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Dana is a patient and kind god. You <laughs> will allow this. <laughs> Oh my god. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I'm I'm familiar. Yeah, there's, we can there's uh, one of those in like every town, yeah. even small ones like this. Very popular chain. Yep. Uh we can meet up uh, right in front of there. Alright. That feels slightly out in the open, but I guess it's not any worse than what we're doing right now. Let's uh in uh about he'll pull back his uh his coat on his wrist and look at his watch and we'll be like, eh, about hour and a half from now, maybe. She nods. Depending on how depending on how long clam science goes. Tempest looks pained. Cheer up. You'll be fine. You're not the one dealing with clams. <laughs> Dane will walk over to Cassandra, place a hand on their shoulder, and just go, be safe. Cassandra nods and it's like, as always. <sighs> Try not to get into too much trouble. I do not think you need to worry about me. Looks at Bill. <laughs> Bill slash Ashton. Cassandra smiles at this and it's like, eh, whatever happens, you can take care of it. I suspect they have more up their sleeve or in their pockets. <laughs> All right, and break. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, then we'll go. I actually want to start then with Bill slash Ashton and Dane. I assume probably since it seems like, Dane, you walked over here from the cafe earlier, mm -hmm. that you're going to take Ashton's car. Sure, if it fits. Uh, yeah. Ashton's red convertible of an indeterminate make, model, and year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a nice and sexy car, and that's all we need to know. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. So as you're driving over there, we never really quite established where it was on the map, but I assume the shack is more in the woods and less on oh, the coast. Oh, absolutely. Right? It's like one of those okay. nice little cozy ones. Oh, and just a quick little thing that I really wanted to do while they drive there. Uh, you like music? I do like music, yes. Great, and he'll turn on the radio. Tune to what station? Heavy metal. All right, so this is the part where Dana has to write in a heavy metal song originally so we don't get sued for copyright. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there's some heavy metal, you know, it's like the or whatever kind of playing. Uh, are you taken aback at all by this, Dane? It's not their favorite music, but it is, uh, it is something that they will indeed listen to. It, it, they actually find it kind of surprising being the music of choice for Bill. Yeah. As this is playing, he'll go, uh, I like this. It keeps me on edge. It's hard to sleep when it's playing. Do you enjoy being on edge? No, not really. Then why? It's it's kind of a thing I just need for the job. As this is happening, you pull up to the shack. Is there a road that leads up to it? Like what is? It's like a gravel path. Okay, I guess I am curious. This is important 
for right now and maybe in the future. What type of security features does the shack have to prevent just anyone from accessing it? Both like physical and supernatural slash magical. All right. So for the shack, I will list some things that are pretty obvious. It's kind of like that situation where you have the gravel path and then the house is like on the side of the path. The second that you step out, you'll realize that there are like visible bear traps put around. Some of them are rusted. Some of them are closed. Is there anything in the ones that are closed? No, but it looks like there once was something. Okay, that's excellent. I love that. A squirrel. (laughs) (laughs) That's a gruesome thought of just like a bear trap cleaving a squirrel right in half. Oh my God. It must be a really (laughs) sensitive bear trap too. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so there's bear traps. What else? On the uh, front porch of the place it's just kind of a mess there are a little bit of like bottles there are multiple sets of very pretty wind chimes one of them is actually looks like it's been carved from wood like hand carved and on the front door there are a few strange looking symbols when ashton approaches it it'll be fine but if dane approaches it they will start to glow and emanate a kind of heat do you have to like sign it in to cancel this like you know you walk in and have to turn the alarm off pretty much yeah it's like a it's like a, you can't pass unless you have my permission. Okay, yeah. How do you give someone permission to enter? All right, so they're walking up to the front path and, uh, or not to the front path, but the front door, and uh, it starts to glow, and he's like, hold on, give me, give me one second. And he reaches in his pocket, and he pulls out a single piece of chalk, and he snaps it in half, and he eats part of it, like just wholeheartedly swallows it. And then you see like at the top left corner of the door, there's like a bunch of ticks and he'll do a little tick and then it'll stop glowing. Okay. So you head inside and, you know, Ashton, this is kind of your scene a little bit. What are we seeing? What are you guys going to do in here? Jars. Lots of jars. It does look very cottagecore-esque with like a bunch of uh, plants that are obviously daily watered and there's like a... Uh, teapot on the stove but it's not on lots of paintings of a lot of different people i'm not going to describe every single person because i don't have that kind of brain power that's okay but there are a lot of jars some have what look like eyes in them there's one that has a very long and gnarled finger with a very long nail in it oh okay nice we have the skull of a very large bear-like creature on one of the shelves. These are pretty decently sized shelves. There's one that looks like it has a fetus in it, by the way. All right. Interesting. Does it appear to be a human fetus? Hard to tell. Okay, that's actually fair. Fetuses might be a little hard to distinguish depending on how developed they are. Yeah, and there are tons of books and everything. Is it messy? Is it dirty? Like raggedy like we've talked about or is it? It's, yeah, it's raggedy. Everything in here looks kind of worn. But nothing looks like dusty or anything. It looks like it's pretty well kept. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The floorboards do creak as you walk on them. Sure. But uh, everything everything seems pretty clean, pretty nice in here. Interesting. Dane, what do you do when you see all this? When walking in, they will refrain from touching anything, but they take a quick catalog of everything. And they stop at the skull and they look at where its eyes would be. You seem to enjoy taking trophies. 
Yeah, I'll get it from my mum. Are they hers or yours? Uh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Hmm. You seem to take great care of this place. Was this also hers? Yep, every square foot. And where is she now? I don't know. Is that by choice or circumstance? All right, let's uh, let's find some uh, let's find some good items here. And yes. he will he'll walk into the kitchen. It's a very open floor plan. Um, so like it, the living room and the kitchen blend in very well. And he'll open the pantry, which isn't really a pantry, because the second he opens it, you will see multiple different weapons and items like mounted onto the door and stuff like that. There's like a crossbow. There's one super long, like ritualistic dagger at the top of it. So, uh, I've got a few things in here. Uh, if you want to take your pick. You can hear Dane's smile, even as they speak. <laughs> I want something heavy. Something inconspicuous. I got just the thing for you. Just give me one moment. He closes the door and he opens another door, which seems to be leading to like a basement. Oh my God, yes. And you hear him walk down the stairs and then he looks behind him and then he goes back up the stairs and peeks his head around the corner and he's like, are you, are you coming? Oh, I am to follow then. Dane will follow. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So the stairs leading down to the basement, already pretty rickety. With someone like Dane, it feels like they're about to break under you. Dane will be very, very cautious going down the stairs, trying to, no, I don't want to say tiptoe, but I guess they'll kind of space out their steps. Gotcha. Both of them will get to the bottom of the stairs and he'll feel around the wall because it's like pitch black in here, except for like a little bit of like glow from some items in, in the corner be feeling the wall and then he's like ah there it is and then you hear just an industrial and all the <laughs> lights turn on oh, so good you can see the basement a lot bigger than the house um <laughs> this hardest scenario almost oh, no, bigger no, 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 in the bottom. it's like it's like a like a bunker kind of situation yeah no i know i know yeah. and there's not any mystical stuff going on yeah so you see like Home Depot shelves, I guess. Different boxes and cases and everything. <laughs> He'll uh, sit there for a moment, counting each shelf, trying to like remember which one had which items. Right, all right, follow me. He'll go to one shelf and he will pull off a very, very large metal case and he will slide it off and almost drop it, and it's very heavy. You can see him struggling with this. Uh, uh, Could you help me with this? Uh, it's a heavy one. Dane will walk over and assist in picking up the case, um, probably picking it up with one hand with little effort. You hear a uh, damn, <laughs> like under his <laughs> voice. <laughs> So yeah, you see him put in a code on the case and it pops open. And it is a very ornate 
a very nice looking hammer that looked like it was used in medieval times, but it is very impressive to look at. Gold lining on it. I like. Alright, you can keep it until we are done killing this thing. So you toss the hammer to Dane, right? He can't pick the shit up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a heavy hammer. Dane will take this very large, giant two-handed hammer and pick it up in the one hand and look at it. And they'll hold it out, look down its shaft, and then examine the head. And then take a few practice swings. A little dangerously close, but still not actually coming to harm Bill. I like the balance. Yeah, I thought you would. It's, uh, I don't really use it too much, uh, cause you know, it's a little too heavy for my arms, but, uh, you know, hopefully you'll get some good uses out of it. Yes, something to smash and something to cut. As you say that, Dane, Ashton, you see some runes on the basement wall, which are similar to the ones up top. And as mm-hmm. Dane is starting to kind of swing the hammer and play with it, those runes start to glow. And you know that that means something is coming in from the perimeter around your place. Ah, uh, fucking. All right. Uh, let's get back up top side. Someone's trying to get in. An opportunity to test them. Yeah, just be careful. Don't use that inside the house, please. Hmm. They sling it over their shoulder. I will be thoughtful of your things and i guess with that they'll both rush upstairs mm-hmm. all right we'll pause here then we'll cut over to group b and tempest it's probably fair to say you still look a little bit off right they're they're a little peaked they're a little yeah. green but they because they're someone who works on the sea and because i do this they have those little gingers in your bag invaluable for seasickness by the way and they'll just like pop a couple in their mouth. Uh, you gonna, uh, you gonna be good there, friend? They give a thumbs up. All right, uh, just, just don't puke inside Cass, okay? Inside what? Oh, um, and she points over to a definitely well-used blue sedan. Cass, that's my, that's my car. Sorry. I promise I will not puke in your car. Good. So you guys hop in the car and you start driving over. And they're like, so, uh, I, how, how'd you, uh, how'd you two meet? Eavesdropping in a coffee shop? Actually, oh, shoot, I feel dumb because she would have actually saw you two meet, right? That would <laughs> really she yeah. might not have known just, that we didn't know each other. She's just trying to make other. small talk, that's it. She's just trying to make small that's talk. That's all it is, yeah. <laughs> right? It's okay. No one's good at it. No one's good at making small talk. I literally thought of this moment and that I shouldn't ask this question because she would know it, and I totally forgot. <laughs> <laughs> so, you new in town? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, oh, yeah, I guess, sorry, I guess, I guess you guys met, so you guys didn't, Know each other earlier? Anything like that? Nope. No. Oh, all right. Well, we're just all meeting new people then today. Uh, and- so what got them, what got you into the monster hunting business? Um, I, you know, it's uh, it's a line of work that's uh. Kind of just sort of picks you, right? 
Ja. Ja. Um, no, I, I, uh, I've been, I've been doing it for a while, pretty much ever since I got into some, you know, you, you know the whole deal. You get into some occult stuff. Your parents find out. They get mad about it. They kick you out. You uh, wander the country, mostly homeless, in your car for a while, and you, you know, you do, you find some shit out. <laughs> Tempest is going through a face journey. They're very much doing that thing that queer people do, which is overshare trauma. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I never knew my father. <laughs> you make gay friends and you're immediately going off on like, oh yeah, that's why that's why I don't have a relationship with my dad. Ah, <laughs> uh, family drama. I can relate. Yeah, it's kind of a shame for them though, because if they just waited for a few years, they would have found out I was into girls, and then they would have really had a reason to kick me out. <laughs> Oh, how things are. <laughs> she smiles very much in the way that she's has had this conversation probably with someone else before. And she's just, you know, just sort of taking the piss out of the situation. Very glad I didn't take that car ride. Tempest doesn't say <laughs> anything, but they are going through emotions of, oh, my God. Mine was more along the lines of getting out of occult stuff with the family. Long story. That's fair. Yeah, we'll have time to catch up on it, I'm sure. Is that common? Uh, homophobia? <laughs> Unfortunately, kind of, yeah. <laughs> Cassandra cannot help but crack a smile at <laughs> They gesture towards their everything, and they're like, yeah, I, I get that part. No, the cult part. Uh, I mean, are you saying our cults common is like, being in cults? Cause- occult things in whatever line of work you guys do. Well, yeah, I mean, kind of. I mean, she apparently can see ghosts or some shit. (laughs) (laughs) They don't say it, but they think it very loudly. Yeah, you pull up to the Howard C. Smenfidge Historical Society Center. And then in small print below, it's like, and archives or whatever. (laughs) Um, And it's not super busy. Uh, I think there's like a few cars parked. And there's also a couple of what look to be like work vans pulled up. Okay, so I think Tempest is going to like sort of. I wanted I wanted to say square their shoulders. They're going to change their posture slightly and just get a little more of the insufferable academic kind of vibe to them. So um, is our story that we're researchers? What's the deal here? Well, you were the one that said, because again, my plan was just to steal it. So you were the one who wanted to do things by the book and you said you could get us in. So I assumed that you had something, right? Um, yes, they, they say, and then um, and t- take a second to figure out how they're going to phrase the plan that they are making up off the top of their head. And then Absolutely, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I can just say that I'm researching the history of the area. I've literally up from university anyway, and I'd like to see their archive. It shouldn't be that difficult. All right. Um, that'll probably work. I don't know. Give it a shot. And that's when we steal it, right? That's when Cassandra does the whole shoving it in the, the bag thing and we walk out. Yep. Awesome. All right. Let's go, team. <laughs> And you all hop out and you walk in. And I want to establish it's 
kind of like if you've ever been to a national park and you go to one of those tiny little museum things that they have at the beginning of them. Mm-hmm. This is a very niche thing, but I think probably people know what I'm talking about, where it's not like a full-blown museum, but there's like a couple little exhibits. There's probably some exhibits about the surrounding natural wildlife. There's some about the history. There's like a small library. And then there's like a whole back section, which you assume is probably the archives, which is currently not uh, accessible. Mm-hmm. It's like it's behind a door that yeah. appears to be like... Uh, just for staff only. Is there like someone at a reception desk? Yes, there is absolutely someone at a reception's desk. So Tempest puts a smile on their face, walks up and goes, hey, um, can I ask you something? Absolutely. Welcome to the Howard C. Smenfidge Historical Society Center. How may I help you today? <laughs> they're starting to get used to this. And, <laughs> and they're like... Hi, I'm out from the uh, Portland School of Oceanography, um, looking into local marine history around here. I was wondering if I could have a look at your archive. I'm very sorry. Currently, the archives are being under renovation. They will not be open until November 20th. I don't think they have a plan for this situation because they don't have any cool they have some charm though and so i'm going to (sighs) we're just going to bulldoze through this because they really don't want to have to break into this place oh i'm sorry it's just i'm not going to be here for very long so i was wondering if i could you know i'm trying to finish up my project for i don't know what grad school things are i i out of character don't know what grad school things are whatever things they would be working on in grad school you can say you're here on some like important research yeah. and you need to like, yeah. It's time sensitive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you're preparing your advancement proposal. I don't know. Yeah, sure. Uh, that's, sure. that's roughly where we said in your degree. So go ahead and roll them plus charm. That, that's an argument, at least. That's something. Plus charm. Oh, that's a, that's a 10. Uh, well, I guess we can make a brief exception do you know I can go back uh, with you and help you locate whatever it is you're looking for? I think they're going to not respond because they don't know what Em and Cassandra's plan is and just like look to them like, well, what's 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 the deal here? Uh, Cassandra just goes like, <clears throat> I think we'll be just fine on our own. We do know what we're looking for. Um, Oh, there's just since the archives are under renovation, I'll just, that way I can show you and I can leave you with the documents for a bit if you need. Sounds helpful. Uh, M kind of shoots you a look, Cassandra's like, oh, that 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 actually worked. It's a mix <laughs> of surprise and also mild disappointment at not getting <laughs> to do as many illegal things as they were hoping. <laughs> I'll describe M a little bit. They are probably about Tempest's height and they're similarly muscled in the sort of practical way. They're definitely not thin like Tempest's. They're a little bit more on the heavy set slash fat side. Currently, they're wearing kind of like a big sweatshirt. And you guys, as you're being led back, you notice that there is some folks that are doing some work on the ceiling tiles and some things like that, which you assume is the renovations and the work vans you saw outside. When that happens, M kind of puts their hood up over their head a little bit and kind of just hunches down slightly as you guys are walking past all those crews until you guys sort of get into the, the archive room. Curious, curious. 
So do you have, can, could you give me a sense of what it is that you're looking for? I don't, I, I don't remember if M told us. M's like, yeah, no, we, um, we were just interested in some of the, they're trying to sort of wait until you guys are relatively alone. Like we're interested in, uh, some of the, uh, the, the original, uh, journals of, of, uh, Howard Smithage. Oh, okay. That is in archive section B.1. I will take you there now. He's, it's, it's getting dangerously close to Archibald territory. I'm desperately <laughs> trying to pull it up from that. <laughs> yeah, so they take you over to archive section B. B.1. Thank you. As you walk in, you guys are, um, are left alone there. And the reception is like, so I... Um, I will leave you guys in here for a bit. I can give you maybe 30 minutes or so. And I, I, I don't, you know, I'm pulling a few strings here, but I understand the burdens of academia. Um, uh, you do notice once you've been let in, there is one worker in there that is working on, like, uh, fixing some stuff. But, the, but other than that, you're alone. Thank you so much for your help. I really appreciate it. Laying it on thick. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anne is not too happy that there's another person in here. Maybe someone needs to distract them. She sort of leans in, hoping to be kind of discreet. She's like, okay, so... Uh, she looks at Cassandra. You can, like, sense m- mystical magic shit, right? Yeah. All right, so you're going to help us find this thing faster. Um, I... I uh, can, can you... Uh, are you able to like run interference or something, dude? Um, I can try. Awesome. So, Cassandra, you tell me what are you gonna do to try to locate this document? Cassandra's actually throughout the whole trip to the archives. Cassandra's actually has been like rubbing at their hands where the bandages are, and even rubbing like on the on the sleeve of their arm, like looking not nervous, but just more like a little agitated. And you can tell that they're trying not to dig their nails into their skin. But Cassandra's like, okay, okay. Um, and then starts digging through the bag. What is that piece? I need to find something. And brings out what looks to be just a very blank piece of old parchment paper. Oh, shit. Do they have fire alarm? Do they have smoke detectors in here, don't they? Okay, I can't, I can't use this. Okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna tap into the powers directly and see if it doesn't fuck me over. And as they're you know, trying to tap into the powers that are deep inside them and could see them digging fingers or digging their nails into the top of their hand as they're concentrating. And uh, I'm guessing that will be a magic roll. So... I bet that works. It's probably some sort of use of the sight here. That is a seven. I think something we established last time is you want me to be picking the uh, the glitches. Yeah, I'm totally fine with that. So one of your tags is chronic pain, right? Which we've kind of established as sort of a mix of pain slash just soreness and exhaustion, right? Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Your vision sort of shifts, and I think this is a little bit of a, a D&D-esque detect magic type of scenario. <laughs> is it purely visual? Is it another sense? I think you have the ability to detect where potent magical forces are present. What do you see slash hear slash do? Depending on what it is, like say if it's like a faint magic presence, it's more like feeling a tug, but if it's a strong one, there's definitely an aura that they will see. So depending on how strong the aura of this item is will depend on what they either see or feel. It's very strong. You definitely feel or kind of see a a glowing aura from one of the cabinets and you feel almost pulled in that direction as if some hand is gripping you and pulling you towards. question is that pulling sensation similar to the light pulling sensation like you know when they saw the light and it drew them in just out of curiosity very vaguely but not super immediately related they're probably similar in that they're both magical sort of pulls but the here it's not as evil or coercive this is more just like it's almost magnetic and cassandra's intentionally tuning themselves to it good question though good question yeah, so upon that, Cassandra's looking exhausted, like even more exhausted than usual, but they look to him, it's like, I, I found it. Yeah, so the problematic side effect here is that you are absolutely drained as if you just ran a really long distance. You are going to take minus one on going to just pretty much anything you do until you take a rest. Mm-hmm. So you, you sort of get pulled over there and they're like, oh, good, 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 okay. Um, and then M gives you like a glance, uh, Tempest like, you know, do, do, do something for a sec. Um, what would they do? I think they would like try and strike up a conversation with the worker and be like, hey, uh, sorry to interrupt, but do you know how long this renovation thing is going to be going on for? Like draw his attention to them. Yeah. It's like, oh, uh, just, um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm probably, they think whether they're opening on the 20th or something. So we've got it going on for a bit. That's. We're just, you know. Things like, like, I'm not an expert, but this place seems like in pretty good shape already. It's weird that they would need to go for that long, don't you think? Now, this is an intriguing question because this could go one of two ways. I could make you roll act under pressure here as a distraction, but you're actually asking some inquisitive questions, so we could instead interpret this as an investigative mystery. Because I think you were assigned to create a distraction, but I also know Tempest is an inherently curious person. They are very nosy, so I think... That, yeah, I think they would be like, this is weird. This place does not need this much work. Yeah, yeah. And that is something you've noticed. It doesn't look that run down. Mm-hmm. So what should I roll? Oh, benevolent Dana. Oh, benevolent Dana. I speak from the heavens and command thy to roll plus sharp. I appreciate <laughs> that. My sharp is a lot better than my cool. And give me brownies. It's still an eight. Okay. Oh, that's better than a a six or so. True. What question do you want to get from this? I think the question that they asked was, don't you think this is weird? I think what they're trying to feel for is, is there something else at play here? Is there a cause to this? What is being concealed here? Yeah. No, we're just, um, uh, they just called us in to do some contract work, keep the place nice, you know, check on some of the equipment. As he turns... You notice a couple things. I'm going to give you two things here. One, you've first just noticed the logo on his uniform. It is a five-pronged green leaf. Mm-hmm. And you remember earlier, Bitch Boy, as you have affectionately termed him, <laughs> mentioned something about a, a green corporation. 
So that's one thing that kind of ties some of that together. The other thing that you notice, one of the ceiling tiles is removed and he's up there poking around. And as he sort of pokes back down, he's holding something in his hand and you don't get a good glimpse at it, but it doesn't look like a tool for doing, you're not a, you're not a handyman, but it looks weird. And you only get a flash of it before he sort of tucks it back in his bag, kind of a little hurriedly. They are very curious, but I don't think they are going to jeopardize the mission by going, hey, what the fuck is in your bag? So they're like, oh, you know, just... They're straight bullshitting. They have no idea what this place is supposed to look like. So it's like, oh, yeah, I mean, it looks good. Y'all have done a... You've done a pretty good job. Um, Like the tiles. While this is going on, Cassandra, you and Em are over... You're looking for the cabinet while this conversation's going on in the background and sort of gradually M is like, this cabinet? And you're like, no. And they, they put up like, yep, that one. Because you're almost too tired to like even gesture, like go over and get it yourself. Yeah, like, well, while they're doing this, Cassandra is like now just kind of running their nails over their hand while they just keep searching for it. And Cassandra's kind of getting a little, a little more tense at the situation. They're, they've gone through this cabinet, you find, and they're like holding out the document like this one, and it's not going enough, and then like this one. They're, they're just like shaking their heads, like, no. <laughs> Finally, they hold up one document, and it's glowing white. Just glowing white. This one? Put it in the bag. Okay, no, I'll put it in the bag just a sec. I gotta, I gotta test something to make sure we got this right. Okay, just give me, just give me a sec. <sighs> they turn their back. And they, they find one of the tables and they kind of turn their backs sort of trying to kind of hide what it is they're doing from the person there. And also theoretically, like, you can't see it either unless you try to look. Sandra's too tired to look. <laughs> okay. When you first see them pull the parchment out, it seems to be mostly blank, which is kind of weird. And I think there's a part of you that's like, why the fuck did we come here for a blank piece of paper? And then as Am leans over it, you see them pull in their pocket and they pull out like a little pocket knife. And then you see them pull it next to their hand and you hear like a little slice on their hand and they put their hand on the paper and they seem to move it in a certain pattern and then they wait tapping the foot like come on come on come on Fuck, yes. and they turn it around you and when they've displayed it you see what appears to be a map of the area that is literally drawn in blood which you presume to be theirs ah blood magic yep nope that's why we needed the copy okay. um, <laughs> they fold it up as they shove it in your bag, there's a part of them that's like just gonna shove it, and then they realize it goes down deeper than they were expecting. Just, 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 just let go. Just let go. Okay, okay, okay. Just let go. Okay, okay. So we need to make sure we don't draw any more suspicion. Let's take some stuff out of the archives, put it on the table, pretend to study it for a bit, put things back, and then go. Awesome. Great idea. They pull some stuff out. They just kind of randomly start grabbing a few things there, trying to sort of look like they mean to be doing it. This is kind of as your conversation with the person is going on. I think in part because you just rolled a seven, there's a little bit of a cost here, Tempest. Mm-hmm. You see them sort of put their thing back in their bag and you, obviously your eyes go towards it and they look back at you and their eyes just sort of briefly kind of like narrow with suspicion. Like, did they actually notice anything? I think you're probably able, unless you say you're not, like you're able to sort of keep a clean face. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so what are uh, what are you and your group doing in here? Um, we're doing some research on the local history. I'm more in the marine line, but we figure if we can sort of... I'm trying to say this in academic speak like Tempest would, but academics are the worst, so... Then just be the worst. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> just 
sort of see if we can find a link between the historical marine populations and the current, the, the, the records on, you know, local species is like great, but what with the changes in the last few hundred years in the water composition alone? Oh, what do you need, like, what do you need the historical society for that for? They have the documents of local No, I guess that's fair. I, just, I, thought, I thought this was more... Sorry, I'm just, uh, you know, uh, I thought this was more like, uh, like Smidvich's life and shit or whatever. Yeah, but he had some um, records of that kind of thing. Not, not much, not very much to go on, if you don't mind me saying, but um, just a bit that we can use to sort of find other sources for the period. Hmm. Interesting. Um... You know, it's it's funny because um, I thought that stuff was in section uh, B.2, not B.1. Really? She told us it was here. Oh. Huh. Interesting. They kind of start working on their stuff. At this point, Em and Cassandra are kind of faux pretending to look at mm-hmm. things. Yeah, then I think they will go over and rejoin. I prefer Tempest was like, go. Cassandra just kind of like peeks over. It's like Tempest. Yeah. I can't find any, find any marine biology stuff in that section. I think she gave us the wrong section. Are you? Ugh. I mean, this is fine. This is this is fine for the both of us, but I don't think it has any of your stuff here. Oh uh, well, I might have to check that later. So, do y'all want to do anything else in this spot? I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Um, I don't have anything. Okay, you guys walk out of the archives. And you see receptionist person like, oh, did you manage to find everything that you needed? Um, I meant to ask you, you can, um, we can take photocopies for you if you need. Obviously, you're not allowed to take any of the documents. Oh, of course. But we could have, I, did you need any photocopies made or anything? Um, not just yet, I don't think. But if we do, is it cool if I call you? Stop by? Um, I... Possibly. I, I, I work, um, I'm not working tomorrow, but I'll be here the day after. You can call the other secretaries not quite as personable and charming as I am, <laughs> but... <laughs> it's just Archibald. Yeah. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. It's a small jobs. town. They're all relatives. No, oh no. You could try to call the next day or the day after if you wanted and see, you'd be t- trying your luck. Thank you so much for your help. I really appreciate it. And then the moment that they're outside, they sort of deflate and go. <sighs> All right. You actually didn't totally like fucking blow that, dude. Nice job. Thanks. I appreciate it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm still disappointed we didn't get to, like, break and enter, but we did get to steal some shit, and it's always good when you get to steal some shit. Plus, I think it was the right shit. She's sort of been hiding it in her sweatshirt, but she holds up her sort of, like, bleeding hand. It only cost a little bit this time. Are you okay? I mean, yeah, no, I'm good. It's just it's just part of the business. How the hell did you manage to cut yourself in an archive? W- with a knife. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> she, she used to look to you, Cassandra, like, like, is this person, all, like, are they real? 
Cassandra just like shrugs. It's like, I mean, they just kind of threw themselves into all of this. So they don't, they don't know much. Like I, no, I get, I get that you don't, like maybe you don't believe all the stuff. I just figured you'd know knives exist, right? <laughs> oh my I God. do, in fact, know about the existence of knives. It's just that I didn't consider that there would be many in an archive. M is hard punking you. <laughs> well, I, I took it in with, okay, wait, you know about the existence, so you know about knives. Do you know about pockets? <laughs> Why would you take in a knife to an archive? It's got uh, books in there. Because I had to cut my finger. Why? Okay. Cassandra then just slowly puts their fingers up to their temples. And it's just like, aren't, aren't, aren't you supposed to be, you know, a scientist or something? Can you put the pieces together? Right, you know, wanting to. We're not doing everything by the book. I do not understand why you would need to cut oneself with a knife in this scenario. All right, we're not continuing this. We'll talk about this later. Now we have to go and make sure. But we gotta go meet up everybody. Also, I'm fucking exhausted. (laughs) You need to stop and get a coffee or something? Coffee's not gonna work. I think they have coffee at Danny's. Yeah, they have coffee at Danny's. They got everything at Danny's. <laughs> From breakfast to dinner. Only for three fifty-five. <laughs> Bill, you're not in this scene. Go away. <laughs> Do they have donuts? Hey everyone, it's your DM Dana here after just another quick mid-break. First off, a quick thanks for listening. We are again super appreciative of it. We recently crossed 500 total downloads uh, between the first couple episodes in the trailers, and that's just really, really awesome to see that there's been such a response so far. Additionally, Daisy this week wanted to give a quick thanks to a couple of folks who have been particularly helpful in the making of the show so far. So I'll let Daisy do that real quick. Hey, everybody. It's Daisy, voice of Tempest. I have a couple people I'd like to thank this week. Aaron Chile for answering all my questions about deep sea cryptids and grad school in marine science, and my professor Andy, also for consulting on marine bio and for being cool with me using its first name. That's all for now. Awesome. Thanks, Daisy. This week, I also wanted to give a quick shout out to another actual play podcast called Trials of the Apocalypse. They are a podcast doing a series of one-shots using different systems from the Powered by the Apocalypse system of which Monster of the Week is one of those systems. So if you like the style of gameplay that you've heard us do and you're interested to see other systems that use a similar style, then check them out. And they're just a great group. And it's also great if you kind of want something digestible, nice sort of three episode-ish arcs for each system that they try. Lastly, I just want to, again, say a quick thanks for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at MeddlingPod. Tweet at us with the hashtag MeddlingPod. And leave us a review on iTunes or Google Podcast or whatever you use. It'll probably help whatever algorithm gets us suggested. And it will definitely help my serotonin levels. So you can do it for both those reasons. All right, with that out of the way, I will get us back to the episode. Our next episode will be coming out on February 16th. So I'll talk to you then. Bye. We actually now start cutting back over to the other group as you two are down in the basement and Ashton, you have just realized that something is around the perimeter of your place. Mm-hmm. 
Now, one thing about the runes, by the way, is that they glow brighter depending on how close something is. So if it's like super close, then it will be like super fucking bright. <laughs> so there's no actual physical barrier preventing someone from entering the house, right? There's just... If I hadn't had done the tick thing for Dane, if I had entered the house and he would have followed, it would be like he was walking into an invisible wall. Okay. The runes are glowing fairly bright and they're only getting brighter. What do you do? Oh, shit. Uh, all right. Looks like we're going to have some company real soon. And he will look up at like a random shelf and he'll just yank down a medium sized, not so heavy staircase. Not staircase. Staircase. <laughs> wow. I battle the them with stairs. <laughs> stairs. Are we fighting My old enemies. Oh. <laughs> Do you pull down a stepladder? No, no, I meant to say suitcase. It's like the case that the hammer was in, but a lot smaller. Instead of having like the code lock on it, this one just has, you know, the latches. He will pull down this case and all the cases in the room that are on the shelves, some of them do look pretty different. There's one that looks like a crate, but made out of like each plank on the crate is made out of a different type of wood. You know, some items in here glow and everything. This is a normal case that he pulls down. The one that he had for the hammer, it was kind of special because it was like heavy duty, code locked, special item stuff. So he just pulls this down and he holds it in his hand and he like pats himself down, make sure he has everything that he needs. All right, let's uh, let's head up. Let's see who's trying to get in here. Yes, let's. All right, you walk back up the stairs from the basement. What would you do? You just walk out the front door and look, you know, what's your protocol here? Ashton is going to walk near the door. The like curtains and everything are closed. So he's going to put the case down and he's going to pull his coat up and he's going to reach in and put his hand on his nine millimeter and he will look through like a peephole on the front of the door. See if he can see anything through it. Okay, this is definitely gonna be a read about situation roll. Dane will just look around the house. Is there a back door in this place? Is that to you, Ashton? Yes, but also no. It's a back door, but it is heavily boarded. Okay. Dane just is just keeping that in the back of their mind is all. Actually, my thing, my special ability called tactical genius. You heard me. <laughs> it lets me roll plus cool instead of plus sharp. Awesome. Definitely applies here for sure. So that's plus two, which is beautiful. Seven. All right, you get to ask one question. Let me put it to you this way. You look out the peephole, you don't see anything immediately. Okay. Are there any dangers that we haven't noticed? You look out, and I think by this point, you know, it's quite the middle of the day, probably around two or three in the afternoon, so there's some longer shadows. You look, and at first you don't see anything, and then you notice a couple of the shadows twitch, as if there's something in the shadows themselves or whatever that's hiding. It's like the shadow itself moves, as if something is trying to like almost match its silhouette to the shadows. All right, uh, there's definitely something out there. Uh, it knows that we know that it's there, and it seems to be hiding. 
So, we need to take care of this very carefully, all right? Do you have a gun? I have lots of guns. I don't know if you've noticed the thousands of firearms that I have in my house. Dane motions to the case. Is there a gun in there? Kinda. If you would like, I can pose myself as a target. I can flush it from the trees when it reveals itself. You may do as you please. Um. Yeah, all right. You look like you look like a thorough guy. You look like you could survive an explosion. All right. Dane smiles. And he will open the door, and as he does that, he'll just say, all right, just gotta make sure you get out there quick. I don't want to let the dog out. Hmm. Dane will, as they're about to step out the door, kind of almost double take at first <laughs> shake in their confidence that dog. Yeah, I've got a dog here. His name is Slopey. Uh, just if you could, uh, if we could do that thing now, that would be great. You can, you can see them later, but... Uh, hmm. You know, kind of in a mortal danger is uh, really time intensive. Right. Yeah. And Dane will step out into the open with the new hammer slung over their shoulder, and they will call out, If you are lurking and seek a fight, come and get some. Ashton will begin on, on unpacking his uh, unpacking his surprise just, just um, to be ready. This is great. Dane, roll manipulate someone because you're literally trying to goad whatever the hell is out there into coming for you. Okay. Manipulate someone. That's plus charm. I have a minus one. <laughs> <laughs> that is a six. It's a six. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> that's my final experience point. You say that, Dane. Mm-hmm. And I think you're on edge about the idea of dog, right? Yes. What you hear behind you is like kind of a sound. And you feel incredibly sharp pain in your back as you look. And a sort of dark silhouette almost of a large wolf-like dog creature is just biting into your back now. And you're going to take three harm from that. Whoa. Oh my goodness. Wait, Whoa. hold on. Wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait. So Ashton was like getting ready to like fire at anything that would possibly move towards him. You could roll to help out here if you want. That is fair. I absolutely will because that's a lot of damage. At this point, please don't hit me with a grenade launcher or something. Yeah. <laughs> don't spoil the surprise. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Yeah, you don't know what it is. What would I be rolling plus? You would be rolling plus cool. Plus cool? All right, so that's plus yep. two. Ooh, 12. Nice. Okay. You notice right before it's about to happen that Dane is, is about to get bit in the back. Part of this is that you get a better look at what happens, whereas it happens behind Dane. You notice now that you get a slightly better look. There's almost like a darker patch of the shadow. It's like a tree shadow, but there's something darker there. And it seems to just sort of coalesce into this form and then almost jump out of the shadow at Dane's back. What do you do? Oh man, so as soon as he sees like something's happening, he's gonna pop out his uh, grenade launcher and he's gonna flip it upwards and then like just try to peg it as soon as it pops out with a grenade. Do you have stats on your grenade launcher by any chance? For harm, far area, messy, loud, reload. 
Okay. This is what I'm gonna do. Because you did help out, but you also helped out with a grenade launcher. I'll take the hurt. <laughs> I'll take the hurt. Can you Wait, take yeah, the hurt? Doesn't, doesn't Bane take like reduced damage? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a st- don't worry. I don't, don't jump on me before I've said anything yet. The animal starts to bite into your flesh, Dane, but before it can sink its teeth in for the full three harm, I think it gets, we'll say about two harm deep. You just hear a whiz and an explosion. I'm gonna help you out, little Ashton. Maybe you don't aim right for the two of them. You try to hit behind it or something. Yeah, I'm not like I want to okay. aim so that I'm not gonna blow Dane to bits. I die. <laughs> <laughs> no, Cassandra, love. Cassandra's gonna kill First me. First Jim and then Dane. No. <laughs> I guess I'm the himbo of the house now. That's gonna be a trade-off there. Of you're not gonna do damage to Dane, but you're gonna do less damage to the thing than the. I am fine with that, as long as it gets thrown off. It gets thrown off, and it lets out like a little, kind of almost like a, but again, kind of low, like whimper as it flies off. Good, bitch. So you're only going to take two harm. <laughs> you're only going to take two harm from that, Dane. However, the explosion knocks you prone, but you don't take additional harm from it. That's fine. Now, the other thing, Ashton, that you notice from another one of the shadows, another one of these things pops out and coalesces and is standing there. The one that you've exploded looks bad, but not dead yet. Mm, okay. Yeah, I'll look to Dane after he's fallen. I'll be like, get in the house! Get in the house now! Dane. He, he's been main, uh, maintained a fair amount of composure thus far and everything, but being knocked onto um, probably his stomach uh, with the hammer in, in hand and being attacked by this creature, they scramble onto their back and almost desperately claw to their feet and run inside the house without question. Roll act under pressure to see if you get in the house unscathed. It's a seven. I told y'all I was gonna be rolling real bad. All right, this is what I'm gonna do. You scramble inside and it's only once Ashton closes the door, you realize the hammer's outside. Dane, yeah, Dane takes a moment. You can see that their breath is a little faster than normal and you're very much right in that this is something that Dane is unusually scared of. I left the hammer outside. That's all right. How many of them are there? Uh, from what I could tell, two. Might be more. Two. I can handle two. You see all of the mouths on their arms and everything just open up. And a couple of the ones that have tongues kind of flicker out violently. I hate dogs. That's amazing. What do you do next? You would probably see if you can look out the window, those dogs are pacing back and forth across the entrance, just growling. What's like the build of them? Do they have like a werewolf build to them? No, they don't look, um, so actually then Ashton, make a quick investigate a mystery roll just to see what you'll find out. Gladly. That's plus one. That's nine. I'm gonna give you a 10 because technically you should get plus one on going if you're acting on the knowledge from read a bad situation and I feel like this counts enough to count for that. Okay. So, yeah. But you get a 10 here, so you get to ask two questions. All right. What is this? What sort of creature is it? Right? Yeah, what, what sort of creature is this? Um. So Dane, you're pretty decently versed in creatures, right? Yeah. 
Oh, sorry. Dane, Dane is, but also Ashton is, eh? Yeah, Ashton's been hunting. You're both pretty well-versed. But I think, Dane, to contrast here, your experience is probably more intimate, whereas Ashton's might be slightly more academic in terms of researching things a bit. Oh, yeah. That's fair. Just about. Yeah. I don't know if you've encountered one of these before, but these are known by a few different names. Sometimes they're called shadow hounds. Over times they're called hellhounds. The way that they look is almost like they are three-dimensional living shadows with glowing red eyes. Gotcha. They're not werewolf-like, they're sort of like big dog, like big wolf type of thing. Like think about the size, not quite this big, but kind of like the wargs and Lord of the Rings and stuff, that type of big thing, but somewhere between that and like like a husky. Certainly bigger than a regular dog, but not, you know, gigantic. You also know sometimes these dogs are feral, sometimes they're trained. Whatever question do you want to know? What hurts them? Is that one? Yeah, 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 yeah. They tend to hide in shadows because light is not necessarily their favorite thing in the world. Right. They can hang out in the sunlight or whatever for a bit, but a big old bright floodlight will, if not kill, at least sort of banish them, potentially kill them if it's strong enough and you focus it. So Ashton will look to Dane and kind of be uh, a little bit scared because Dane looks fucking furious. Well, all right. So these are hellhounds, if you aren't already acquainted. Uh, let's see. Uh, they can't really come in because of the runes. That'll keep them out with the light. Uh, unless they get a little too aggressive. So we have time to think with a plan of how to get rid of them. Again, only seems to be two. Uh, idea. Uh, I got a few things downstairs. I got a few things upstairs. I got a few things on this floor. Uh, we could, uh, we could try to find, like, uh, flares, flashbangs. We've got to have something here. Do you have spotlights? Uh, um, maybe? I, I haven't really needed spotlights in a while. Uh, I might need to go check. It's been a while since I gave up the theater. (laughs) (laughs) You're telling me Ashton was not a theater kid. You're a damn liar. (laughs) Ashton didn't go to school. It's it's not about that. It's about the vibe. I'm going to put you in a tough spot, Dane. Ashton's plan is probably the smart thing. Remind me, you have on your character sheet, you had, yes, pride. Your pride has been injured. You don't want to wait for lights. You want to go out and smash these things now. Oh, it's mostly just to get Bill out of the way. Okay. So it's kind of like, go search for this thing. Will I go kill them? I want them to die. I will send them back to their namesake. Dane's a right, cat so you're not person. trying to resist the desire. Oh, no. It's literally just, I need Bill out of the picture so I can kill them both myself. If you're okay with this, Ashton, I think you probably pop off to look for something. And when you turn around, Dane, I assume, do you just open the door and just barge oh, out? Oh, opens the door and runs out. And whichever is closest, he's going to rip off his shirt and basically try to wrestle one of them into the ground. Right. Yeah, you don't have the hammer. So you're going to try to just go mouth on them. Oh, yeah. Mouth to mouth. Hot. <laughs> There's the one that looks a little bit more injured. Are you going to go for the weaker one or the stronger one? Stronger one. That does sound like Dane. Okay, perfect. Oh, that's so good. Thank you. Roll kick some ass. <sighs> Please. I love that that's the role in this game. Ten. It is a ten. Ten. Awesome. Okay. So an important thing, because I don't know that we've done a kick some ass roll yet. 
two episodes in. It's totally not why I threw in a monster because I was like, we gotta actually have them fight a thing. Everyone remembers their first time. <laughs> Wonderful. Anyways, <laughs> just to describe here, kick some ass for the audience and for y'all's sake. On a seven plus, which I know you got a 10, but I'm just gonna describe that first. Mm-hmm. You and whatever you're fighting inflict harm on each other. The amount of harm is based on the established dangers in the game. That usually means you inflict the harm rating of your weapon and your enemy inflicts their harms rating on you. So on a 10 plus, you get to choose one extra effect. You gain the advantage, take plus one forward or give plus one forward to another hunter. You inflict terrible harm. You suffer less harm. You force them where you want them. Dane is going to inflict terrible harm uh, because that's what Dane is going to do. And remind me what your attacks are. What are your natural attacks? Uh, My natural attack is a a life drain. It's a one harm intimate life drain. And the extra that I got onto it from my monstrous class is add plus one harm to the base. So with this, I will be doing three harm. Shit. (laughs) Yes. And you'll get three back. I get as much harm as I deal. I'm not going to bother to check the rule book, and I'm sure you're going to say what's, <laughs> what works, but I'm fine with yeah, that. Obviously, that's the only thing that'll really sustain him if I get into prolonged fighting. That's actually very reasonable. I'm fine with that. Yeah, and I have to be really close. Yes. Okay. <laughs> also, very good point. You just tackle this thing, right? Oh, yeah. And it's clawing at you and scratching at you. You would have probably taken three harm from that, but... Dane doesn't care. Uh, you have armor. Yeah. And your life drain is going to restore three. Yeah. So let's think about it. You take three harm... Minus the one armor. Two, and I take three, so I just heal for one, basically. You heal for one, but, which is great. You actually heal from this attack. Oh, yeah. And you do three harm, is that right? Yeah, so it'll be three harm to the creature. Dane will just pin it down by its neck and then other by its hips. What do your mouths do when you're fighting a thing? Like, they open up. But... Oh, they're, like, biting, and the tongues are, like, reaching out trying to get it. The eyes are focused on whatever target. But whatever ones aren't available or, like, even within reasonable distance, they're looking out and keeping eyes, just making sure nothing sneaks up on them. That's fucking excellent. That's awesome, um, dude. But, yeah, they're, like, hungry piranhas wanting a piece, all of them. Uh, Ashton... I think you sort of turn like, I need to find some floodlights. And then you just hear the door open and Dane just runs out and you hear sounds of a struggle. His whole mindset is like, he'll probably be fine. Because <laughs> um, he, he would look really fucking mad. And like he had like his whole tentacle thing going on. So Ashton's like, all right, uh, what can I do here uh, for a moment? He goes through like a list of things that he has immediately. And he's like, well, if I wanted to be the quickest, I imagine the second one's still out there. Yeah, both of them are still out there. But Dane's pinning down the first one. Yep. I see that the other one is, is about to jump on Dane, too. It's going to come to its buddy's hand. All right. So he'll whistle real loud and he'll go, Hey, shitface! And he will fire a, another grenade straight at it. All right, we'll kick some ass. Everyone's getting, chance to, everyone's getting in on this ass action. <laughs> I just imagine at this point because obviously it's a grenade launcher and it's in a small town so you like obviously there's some explosions going off in the distance a big I'm boom. struggling to think of what the townsfolk are going please let us be able to hear this and Cassandra's just like oh it's fine yeah Cassandra's just like it's not it's not taking it's not taking thing, anything off of my hunches it should be fine <laughs> what do I add to kick some ass I've not done uh, kick some ass you're tough all right, that is a five and a six, so that's an 11 plus one is 12. Nice. Woo! 
Yeah, I nailed the shit out of it. <laughs> so you get to pick one of the bonus effects. Yeah, I'm going to go with terrible harm. All right. All right. So that's going to be five harm in total. Yeah. The following things happen. You launch the grenade. I know Ashton's probably knows how to handle himself, but you're probably a little frazzled and you, you don't quite have it held right. And so the recoil just kind of thumps you back in the chest and you're going to take one harm just from getting knocked. That's fine. But you're kind of at range here. So the hellhound itself doesn't get a chance to do much. And before it can jump on Dane, you just fire another grenade and it explodes. Dane and the other hellhound kind of go tumbling over each other. When the smoke clears, there's just nothing left of the other hellhound. Oh, shit. Beautiful. I think there's like a splatter of this almost inky-like substance that flops everywhere out when the explosion happens. And then there's just, there's nothing left. Dane. Ashton can handle themselves. <laughs> yeah. Dane, there's still one hellhound. You and it are tumbling, and it's still trying to, like, claw at you as you're trying to bite at it. What do you do? No, I'm going to eat it. So he's going to try and hoist it up and then break it over his knee and then try and feed it to his... Uh... Now that Ashton is actually in the combat, you see all the scars. You saw Dane had a lot, a lot of scars across their arms, but you see there are larger scars across their torso. But you see one massive scar going from hip to hip across his stomach. Oh, man. And that one is just a huge row of teeth, almost akin to like a shark. And Dane is going to try and break the wolf over his knee and then feed the creature to his stomach. I just imagine like a wood chipper. I think this is just gonna be more kick some ass. I mean, it's got there's kind of the one fighting move. Yeah. So. Yeah. Twelve. Damn it. Okay. Do, do you want to just inflict terrible harm here again, or? In this case, yes, just inflict terrible harm. And you get life drain from this, right? Yes. So, what I'm gonna say though, this is fair. It only had two harm left, so the most you can replenish is two. That's fine. From this. Yeah. But it does not go down without a fight. Okay. You like break it. But it doesn't necessarily work with normal physiology. So as you're shoving it sort of broken body, like it's just clawing at you as it's being dragged into your stomach. So you take three harm, figure out whatever your armor is yeah. or yep. life drain from all that, and you replenish two. So I think that actually brings you to a net neutral. Yeah, neutral, so no harm. But you are scarred up a little bit. You're bleeding all over your body. Yeah. Do the tongues poke out and like lick the blood out if you're bleeding? Yes. Okay, they're like lapping the blood off of your body. And I think the big mouth on your stomach lets out whatever the evil hell mouth version of a burp is, and like some of that black and key substance plops out. And then it's quiet as the two of you are standing on the front yard. Well. I suppose we should, uh, should get you patched up. Yeah. I'm a little dinged up myself. Took that last one from me. I mean, uh, just trying to help you. I don't need help. The kill was mine. Listen, buddy. The way I work is that it's first come, first serve. And honestly, if it's up to me right now, I just saved your ass from getting eaten by demon wolves. They take a moment and the mouths start to close on them. The last one kind of stitching back closed in the stomach. And Dane closes their eye and take a deep breath. Still 
covered in whatever blood the tongues couldn't get. Let's move on. All right. We cut back from that to the other three of you. I guess two of you plus me. Sitting in the parking lot of the Danny's wondering where everyone is. Booms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's far away enough that you, you wouldn't hear. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I think you hear like a couple distant rumbles off. Is that fireworks? Uh, is that related to us? Cassandra is like hunched over a bit, but still like, um, I'm not getting any bad feelings from it. So I don't think so. People like to light off fireworks around here. Who knows? You look kind of like shit, dude. Do you need anything? I need rest. It's it's fine. It's the Cassandra's still kind of like going at their hand while they're speaking and waiting. It's like it's it's the magic. Oh, okay, sure. Uh, you can sleep in casts if you want. I mean, I've done it pretty much plenty of times. I want to be awake when everybody gets here. I mean, I can wake you up when they get here if you want to pause or, you know, you do you, dude. If you are going to go to sleep, can I, uh, can I see the, can I see the map? Should we? Sandra, like, looks around, see if there's anybody there, anybody else? Um... Roll me a read about situation and you have to take a minus one because you're tired. Yeah, and that is plus what? Plus sharp. Seven. All right, you get to ask one question. I guess basically an offset of are there any dangers we haven't noticed. Basically just trying to notice if there's anybody around. Um, you look inside the restaurant and you do actually see they're not staring at you but you see a couple guys in the same work uniforms you saw at the place that are sitting down and having some food. I don't. And then, like, Cassandra's, like, kind of leaning over to Em, and it's like, I don't... I don't think it's the best time to take this out. Yeah, it's, like, gesturing over, yeah. Her face drops a little bit, and she's like, yep, nope, that's probably right. In fact, maybe, um, can we text your friends and meet them somewhere else? Maybe that's a good idea. Shit, did Dane take his phone? Is Dane is Dane's phone still intact? <laughs> There's been a quiet ringtone in the back this whole it's just, time. It's just the sound of uh, of a kitty meowing. That's the sound of their uh, the ringtone, and uh, their phone is fine because it's it's a it's a Nokia. It's just like a really old Nokia. So yeah, so like Cassandra's pulling out their phone out of their bag and is dialing Dane's number. I think. This is happening as Ashton is kind of trying to patch you up at that. I'm going to say there's not going to be a roll just to move things forward. You can both heal one. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. That gets rid of the one that I just took. Yeah. Yeah. As you're getting patched up, are you letting Ashton patch you up? I guess that's the one thing. Uh, kind of just, just, just the bare minimum, like whatever wounds that need to be treated, but no more than that. Probably takes you a sec, Ashton, to realize what is a wound that needs to be treated and what's yeah. more of a permanent mouth scar. <laughs> I think maybe you even like poke at one and it like opens <laughs> up a little bit. You're like, oh, nope, not that one. Okay. <laughs> and their phone rings. Dane. Hey, you just hear. What the fuck is that? That is my phone. What's a phone? <laughs> Oh, 
Dane gives this incredulous look. It's like, oh, you are playing the jokes. Yes. And they pull out their little Nokia. It's like a brick. And they pick up. Yes. Hey, Dane. What's going on? What's happening where you are? We're here at Danny's waiting for you to... There was an encounter. No, seriously, what's a phone? Oh, shit. Ignore him. There was an encounter with some shadow creatures. Oh, shit. I suspect there is more going on than previously perceived. Sounds like it. Is everybody okay? Yes. We are fine. Did you get a snack? Yes. Though only one. There is more than one? Okay. I said I'm sorry. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we're, we're here at Danny's waiting. I will inform Bill that we should continue out. <clears throat> Goodbye. Alrighty. Wait, okay, weren't we saying so... that we shouldn't meet at Danny's in this phone call? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Before Dane hangs up, Dane's about to hang up. It's like, which one's the hang up? Wait, wait, wait. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, no. Sorry, my bad. We shouldn't meet it at Danny's. Why? Because there's suspicious people here. Mm. Dane will look away from the phone at Bill. Bill, can you direct them over the phone to this place? Uh... Yeah, but they won't be able to get in until, until I let them in, so... Can yeah. we meet them down the road? Ah, uh, yeah, should be fine. Unless uh, there's any more of those uh, hellhounds out there. Yeah, I will keep a watch for the hellhounds. You direct them. And Dane will hand the Nokia over to Bill. The fuck? What, what the fuck is this? What? What are you? You speak into it. Oh, is it like one of those things that's mounted on the wall? Okay, all right. You are a cake. Hello? Hello? Other way. You're, Flip it. You haven't. Right? You're kidding, right? You don't. You don't know what a cell phone is. We already said he was homeschooled. <laughs> Leave him be. Hey. Uh. Hey. Hi. Oh. So you need direction. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we need directions from Danny's. Right, uh, alright, so, once you leave Danny's, you just, you take a left up North Street, which is actually east, it's kind of confusing, I know, and then you go up three blocks, and then you take a right, and then you drive for, like, about a quarter mile, and then once you get there, uh, you will see a little off sign made of wood really cute thing has tons of bird shit on it uh turn in there uh once you get on that path then you you'll see a gravel path off on the side yeah drive up that uh you'll see i mean if you want to drive up that i don't know i'm i'm really kind of confused on everything at the moment uh but you know you just take a you drive up that path you'll see uh my little humble abode and uh yeah. Okay. How do I hang up this thing? I will take I, the phone. I don't, please do. I don't know what the fuck this shit is. I will make myself visible to you, Cassandra. Okay, but also, he's, he's serious about it. He doesn't know what a fucking cell phone is. Apparently, he must be older than he looks. What? <laughs> I will see you soon. See ya. And Dane will hang up and make their way down the road with uh, Bill and Toe.
grabbing the hammer, taking it with them. I assume that basically, Cassandra, you're going to be like, hey, we need to drive over this way with these terrible directions. I'm just yeah. Gonna... He's not good at giving directions. Yeah. <laughs> Neither am I. <laughs> it was like, okay, so where, where, where are we going? We're going to Bill's place. All right. He gave me these really crappy directions, but we'll get there. Oh, okay. Uh, I guess let's, let's uh, roll out, I suppose. Um, and she hops up and gets in the car, and I assume, unless there's something else y'all want to do here, you all get in the car. You're driving down the road, Tempest, I assume you're still shooting shotgun. Cassandra, you're probably kind of, is it fair to say, sprawled out in the back seat? Yep. Tempest is um, sprawling in their journal. You're driving down the road for a ways, and you're getting into kind of more of these backwoodsy sort of areas, farther and farther off the beaten path, and you don't see many cars for a while, and then you see one sort of long, older, black-looking car starting to drive in your direction. And M kind of has their eyes on the road and Cassandra's sort of passed out in the back. But Tempest, you look and you do a double take because the person you see in the car is none other than your exceedingly humble host and servant, Archibald, which initially strikes you as strange. And then as you look down at him driving in the car, you notice something far stranger, which is that his hands are tightly gripping the steering wheel and they are both covered in blood. What? Archibald? Is there nothing sacred? Archie, what happened? What did he do? Your exceedingly humble servant, Archibald, has killed somebody. familiar faces worn out places worn out places I love how there's a slight lag I can sync that up I can sync that up in post yeah just just get it to fit in please <laughs>